2: it's wednesday night you know what that means another night with your favorite trio the real trios champs let's be honest here on wrestling inc for the wrestling inc. podcast after aew dynamite good evening to everybody watching live hello to everybody live in the chat we appreciate you as always hope you're gonna have fun with us and again thanks to everybody out there in audio world checking us out on an audio only podcast whenever it's good for you it's all good here i am just Labar, alongside my dynamic duo of partners first Fresh off of uh, the beat, fresh off of her wild weekend where Puerto Rico was the center of the pro wrestling world. She is uh, riding high, almost as high and flying high as a bad bunny would. Uh, She is the one, the only demon diva isa uh, isa how are you are are you are, have you recuperated from the weekend
1: i got very sick afterwards so i'm still in the process of recuperating i had no voice for two days but listen worth every second of it it was it was the best weekend ever
2: uh it's it's certainly um yeah we obviously we've, we did a podcast you guys can go back and listen to it but yes it was a hell of a show uh jimmy and i talked about it saturday night and jimmy cordera's long time over 20 years sports entertainment referee at wwe he's 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 left a few mania matches few title matches here and there uh he is the one and the only jimmy how are you tonight uh other than the toronto maple leafs coming into a daunting task
3: yes uh, at least they didn't get swept let's put it that way one game at a time i will take this now they're coming back home who knows you know what if they get past the next game hey you never, uh, the momentum switch could be in very interesting. Let's put it that way. I'm not saying it, it'll carry them, but hey, like I said, at least it wasn't four straight and out.
2: Hockey is a funny game. You never know. Mm-hmm. Take it one at a time. I'm taking it one at a time. I love my Baltimore Orioles who are just, uh, it's just they're, they're on a roll. They just. Hmm. Won a series against the Tampa Bay Rays. There are a couple spots ahead of that uh, that team from the Bronx. Can't think of the name at the moment, but real good time to be a baseball fan in my house. Ooh, heat,
3: heat. I sense heat. <laughs>
1: it's it's a typical Orioles fan. You know, they always start talking right before, like, right. we'll talk in October, Lavar, okay? Let's oh, have yeah. that conversation in October.
2: Let's talk in October. You know where to find me. All yeah. right.
1: In vacation, because uh-huh. you never make it. Uh-huh. Anyways. <laughs>
2: Let's talk uh, all things AEW tonight. Uh, the two news items that we're going to talk about uh, kind of play right off of something we saw on Dynamite. So I'll pull a segment from Dynamite real quick now. And that is tonight on Dynamite, we see Tony Khan, we see the boss. And he addresses uh, the AEW audience and talks about how this is one of the uh, best lineups Dynamite's ever had. Talks about the great action you're going to get tonight. And it is a stacked show on paper. Uh, they kept saying pay per view worthy. Uh, and he says, even then, there's still plenty of other uh, really good stars. Uh, lining up, just waiting for opportunity here in AEW. Uh, So basically kind of teasing more programming coming. And he says, tune in next week. Now, a couple things. He says, tune in next week to TNT. And he did clarify on Twitter. He meant to say TNT. And, of course, Dynamite's on TBS. So uh, he said, tune in to TNT. And then also make sure you then tune in to Dynamite uh, that evening. So kind of leads you to believe there's a couple announcements going on. Before we get opinions and reactions, let me give you these two news uh, headlines from today on WrestlingInc.com. Uh, And the first being uh, AEW and uh, Warner Brothers probably having a new TV deal here. And it says that according to the Wrestling Observer, AEW and Warner Brothers Discovery are set to announce a new TV rights deal as part of Warner Brothers Discovery's upfront presentations next week. For those who don't know, that's the event that TV does where the networks uh, roll out the best of what they have coming, the new debuts, what have you. Uh, AEW and Warner Brothers Discovery will reportedly announce the new deal, which is said to include an announcement about a forthcoming AEW collision program on May 17th. Uh, in the theater at Madison Square Garden as part of the world-famous arena that was home base for AEW's competitor, WWE. So th- there's talk about that. There's talk about maybe uh, the HBO Max platform. Maybe is that something where we're going to see all in air on? Is that where the pay-per-views are going to air on? Because they have not yet clarified how you're going to watch it if you're not one of the 60,000 that's going to be at Wembley. So there's that whole uh, now that that story. And then the other story is AEW reportedly planning a, a marquee match for this collision debut, uh, possibly featuring... Uh, are likely featuring CM Punk's return, Fightful Select reporting. Uh, it's been rumored that Collision will begin in mid-June. Uh, it's noted that CM, Park, CM Punk will be part of the debut show, expected to wrestle in a marquee match. While it's been proposed that the opponent could possibly be Chris Jericho, it's being reported that it could be somebody else that Punk might be lobbying for to make a big return. So a whole lot going on, Jimmy. Uh, you know, talking of, new, talking of new TV deal, which obviously is a bigger picture for the next you know, however many years. Talking of a new TV show that could be about a month away, so maybe he announces one thing on TNT. I I believe playoffs will still be going on in TNT, so there'll be a huge audience to announce uh, such. And then, of course, uh, you know more announcements on Dynamite, probably about maybe CM Punk. Um, What do you give give me? Give me your first reaction to all of this AEW chatter.
3: Well, it sounds like that uh, you know Warner Brothers Discovery is very interested in the product and want to do more, which is a good sign for AEW if they're that invested in them. And that's okay. I'm okay with it. You know, you can make the argument, oh, there's already too much wrestling on TV right now. But at the same time, you know, Hey, if you get a program out there that people are getting invested in and getting interested in, and like, like we said, at the end of the day, this is the wrestling business and it's all about making money. And if, and if AEW can capitalize on this situation and, and so be it, and more power to them if they can.
2: Yeah, Issa, um, you know a lot, a lot to take in here. What What do you think hits priority number one to you in terms of uh, importance? Uh,
1: what, um, as far as important goals, I mean, obviously, I think that announcement of the new show. And, and I think that once that comes we're going to find out is this going to be like a split roster what the situation is going to be because there is a lot of unanswered questions in regards of collision the time that is going to air at the pay-per-view is going to be split like there's a, there's a lot of questions a lot of it comes from the behind the scenes drama you know I, I saw some reports this week that the elite might be featured on collision when CM Punk is not there and Punk will be in Dynamite when the elite is not there what are you going to do when the pay-per-views come around uh, all of my questions are in regards to the backstage drama I'm super hyped. For AEW, and I don't want to bring WWE into this, but if AEW is about to get a billion from Warner Bros, I cannot wait to see the renegotiations of WWE because those are coming up soon as well. That means the wrestling product is hot right now, and that's great news for people like like the three of us.
2: Uh, absolutely, and that's a great point you make. Is that um you know WWE know is in is in their renegoti- renegotiation period as well. They're not probably you know they're not going to be announcing anything next week. They're probably um several months off. I think the fall is kind of when it's expected to know what WWE's future is uh, as far as TV. But you're right. You know, if AEW comes in and says, look, we got this deal, you know, these are our numbers and this is what we have, you know I, I, I WWE has, you know, WWE has a bigger audience. And WWE obviously has all the you know a lot of other things they can tout, you know, mainstream, bad money, pay-per-view, all the stuff. So in a way, WWE's behind closed doors and a little bit rooting for AEW. It's kind of that it's kind of like when you're a free agent in sports You know, if you're if you're a quarterback and you see another quarterback and they get this contract and, you know, your stats are equal or above them, you go, oh, thank you very much. And your agent goes to work. So, uh, yeah, a very interesting situation of of what uh, of what the bar is going to be, of what the asking price is going to be, what the value is going to be perceived to be uh, for primetime television of pro wrestling. And so, yeah, that's that's very, uh, very, very interesting uh, point to make, you know, to the to the I've seen the same thing to the whole point of the that whole rumor of keeping. These guys on this show, these guys, I just, I mean, I guess I get it for if you're reintroducing somebody like CM Punk back into the fold and you're trying to just get off the ground again smoothly. But how long can you sustain the that? It's like a game of elementary school. How long can you sustain making sure you separate these two and put them at different tables? Eventually, everybody's just gonna have to kind of come together and 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 move on if they haven't already.
3: Exactly. You got to put. Sometimes you got to put personal differences aside and do business, especially when this generation where people are reading the internet and they're seeing these stories online and and the, the conflict between so and so and so and so. And what happens if these two guys meet up in the ring, will they play ball or will they go into business for themselves? Now you're creating a different interest for the hardcore fan. Plus for the not so hardcore fan, people will go, Oh, look who's back. Hey, let's check it out.
2: Absolutely. Amanda, I did the same thing. Amanda comments says, I thought of Jimmy with the, it's not pop, it's a soda sign. <laughs> and the crowd <laughs> at Dynamite. Uh, Finn's Abs, uh, ask, ask Issa about the LWO tattoos. We need the tea. Ah. Uh, Issa, the LWO tattoos.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I helped coordinate the entire LWO tattoo outing with Selena and Ray and all the Legault Fantasma. I am now honorary LWO. I, I participated in the outing. It was the great. It was the greatest night.
2: Oh, she's she's LWO for life. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so yeah. So some big news headlines. So let's go ahead now <laughs> and jump in to Dynamite tonight. Coming to you from Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, Michigan. And as soon as we come out of the opening video package, no entrance, no nothing. We are already right to the ring where they've already made. They've already they're already in the ring. They've already done their entrance in front of the live crowd. Claudio Castanola and Ray Phoenix. And now this is a Ring of Honor uh, st- stipulated match. It's called a Double double Jeopardy match. It's basically, if I understand it right, um, both uh, are title holders, both uh, Claudio and Ray Phoenix. And whoever wins then automatically gets a shot at... Uh, so it's kind of like, like a dual number one contender uh, kind of stipulation. It's kind of cool um Claudia is going to win this with a sit-down powerbomb very fast-paced action as you'd imagine uh you know Taz even said like they're four minutes into the show and the amount of stuff we saw mm-hmm. in four minutes um normal people would have been you know uh, throwing up in a trash can uh, having to, to move that fast but Claudia is going to win it with a sit-down powerbomb so that means that Claudia and the Black Bull Combat Club can now challenge uh for those tag titles that Ray Phoenix uh and his brother hold so uh, a hot opening uh, starting match isa do you like having the roh double jeopardy branded thing here um between claudio and ray phoenix to start off a hot dynamite
1: yeah i'm glad that they went ahead and explained it immediately in commentary i think that helped a lot of us are not familiar with these terms, you know, and I, when I first see it, I'm like, what does that mean? If Claudio wins his tag team champions, like, what does it mean? But they did an excellent job of having commentary explain to you right away what it meant. As soon as I saw them being in the ring, I had a feeling we were in for a crazy pace show. No entrances, we're just going to get right through it. I appreciated that. I like the stipulation. And because they don't have Ring of Honor stipulations that often anymore, like back when he first purchased Ring of Honor, that's all we were seeing now. It's very rare. So it makes it a little more interesting. It makes you want to tune in to see what's going on over there as well. Incredible opening match. This match was wild. I mean, I did think they wrestled on the outside a little too long for the countout rules. I didn't know if we were in a 20 countout rule. I don't know what happened there. But outside of that, I thought this was an incredible way to start the show.
2: Uh, Jimmy, an opening match did not have Orange Cassidy in it. Uh, what do you think of this uh, yeah. ROH Double Jeopardy?
3: Ah, you stole my thunder. There just <laughs> no, oh. anyway. no, but I enjoyed the match very much. I and just to be different, it was nice to have that match start off with both participants in the ring, get things started in a hot way, and it was a fast-paced match. But at the same time, it didn't feel like they were rushing. I don't know how to explain it. It's it, 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 it you know, they sold when they had to sell. Uh, certain things. And yes, he said, maybe there were times the uh, little things as I like to talk about where they were outside a little too long at times, but at the same time, it it, it was a good entertaining match and I enjoyed it very much. And and, and the w, the double jeopardy stipulation is interesting because a lot of people might say, well, if he's ROH heavyweight champion, why would he want to tag belts as well? Because Claudio wants to dominate all as- aspects of, of ROH. Let's put it that way.
2: Yeah. I mean, and, and, I I would agree with that, and I think um, you know, Claudio's one too. That I I don't, you know, we won't know because it's kind of unprecedented that you know, because ROH is under the under Tony Khan's ownership. So I'll be curious to see like how long, uh, like how long Claudio's you know an ROH champion, and then like you know, does does that go over well enough to where you can make a case that he gets to catapult over and he's in the AW World Title picture, World Title or TNT Title? So I mean, Claudio is somebody who. He um obviously very recognizable face uh, from his days at WWE and of course his name you know just for years of being a part of Ring of Honor and in, in the independent scene um is in his 40s but still as Jimmy's noted tonight he just puts on a fantastic match you know knows when to sell has tremendous shows uh, show of power so he's one that I don't want to say is underutilized because again he's being you know pegged as a as a top guy for the of the Ring of Honor promotion but I still feel like there's more that you could get out of this guy who is never hurt. He's, he's always healthy. He seems very reliable. Uh, so I'm a big fan of Claudio. So I, I'm curious to see how the rest of this think, year goes him.
1: Uh, do you think he's going to dig into the Blackpool Combat Club, or do you think he's going to pick somebody from Ring of Honor when he challenges now for the tag Ooh. team championships?
2: Oh, that's a great, uh, that, that's a, that's a so great question. that's long as it's not Will or
1: Yura, you know.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just think it could be it could be a new way to throw somebody in in the mm-hmm. mix with Ring of Honor, you know like what if he just completely surprised us bring somebody new, bring somebody from Ring of Honor I think you could I think there's a lot you could do with this now that Claudio won.
2: Absolutely. not I, I would agree with that yeah, so big a uh, big star for the Blackpool Comedy Club and of course they're gonna be involved in our main event so uh, they're gonna be bookending the shows here. Uh, we see backstage uh Renee uh, backstage and all of a sudden she sees miro. he is alive rip down the missing posters throw away the milk cartons we have found Miro uh he does not say a word and he just walks into Tony Khan's office uh we'd also later see as Renee is waiting to try to catch Miro leaving she never apparently does she was busy tonight uh we see Thunder Rosa Thunder Rosa says well maybe I'm gonna go talk to Tony Khan so uh Issa kind of seems like that uh all of what's going, you know, th- th- just those, those two things, you know, as, as we have new programming coming that uh, maybe now it's time that we can finally get Nero. Well, he should, should have never not been on TV, but, like, but maybe now we finally right. have something for him.
1: Right. Agreed. It's almost like everybody that's like, Hey, I like CM Punk. They're all showing up to Tony Khan's store right now. Right? No, I'm kidding. I'm yeah. kidding. I thought this was great. I mean, rather, I would have rather seen him come back in some kind of angle and get that big crowd pop and all that, but this is a way to build intrigue. The way that they did it is a way to say, okay, things are changing. Something is happening. Something is shifting. It felt that way with this. I was excited. The only thing is that Thunder Rosa called him Poppy Con. And, you know, no, never say those words again. Thank you.
3: Okay. <laughs> Jimmy, your thoughts on seeing Miro? No, I, I thought it was great. It was a nice surprise. And it wasn't a re-debut where he came out to save somebody or or, or anything like that. It was done in a way where it it gave, it was intriguing. And especially the silence. Sometimes silence is golden. You don't always have to talk. Eventually you do. But in this case, it worked him staying silent. There, If there is one little thing, if I move a little bit forward, is this is where they should have let it go to break. Hmm. Let people digest what they saw because it was, in my opinion, a big deal.
1: It was a big deal. And you're absolutely right about that. Good point.
2: Yeah, and there's a lot of potential now. with with and I and I like the way I forget which one of you said it. I apologize about it, but I like the way they did it. Do it rather than having another run out, another you know, post match whatever, just the just him in Street Clothes, just wandering into the boss's office. I think cuz now especially given to, today and tonight all that we're talking about, um, you know, maybe he fights CM Punk on the debut of this new show. You know, maybe it's something as simple as if if Tony Khan does announce next week that CM Punk is returning to AEW, you know, what if, uh, what, what now, if.
1: Now, Clayford in the chat is saying Miro versus Warlow would be good, would be cool. And that would be cool. But I could also see Warlow again dropping the title if they put him against Miro immediately. And I would like for Warlow to kind of have a significant run this time with the TNT title. So I think I would rather be more pro uh, Miro and CM Punk. I think that will make me intrigued and excited. I just listen, just seeing Miro. I, I mean, that right there made my night for me. He was missed. There's no reason why you shouldn't have any creative for this man. And I'm happy to see him. Happy to see Thunder Rosa. Please, Andrade next. I'm manifesting it. Andrade next. Right.
2: We'll see. Uh, so we'll keep our eye out. So, yeah, we did not go to break, we We get uh, the first of four uh, pre tape kind of vignettes uh, profiling all of the pillars. Uh, for the big match coming up at Double off And the first one is MJF. Uh, and he is talking about how he compares himself and, and the Pillars to the Beatles. He's, he's assigned each one of them. Of course, MJF is Paul. Uh, he's got the most longevity. He's going to accomplish the most. Uh, what have you guys done? Uh, he's asking them, please, to do something uh, to get on his level. Uh, talking about the reign of Tower has just begun. And I'll just kind of real quick, briefly, just go through the, you know, they, they do Sammy Guevara's profile and they have, you know, Jericho in there talking about how what he sees in Sammy, how good Sammy is, how he's the future. We see one later with Darby. It's got, like, happy music, and, like, we see, like, him and his dad, and then his training is, is him doing his, you know, crazy stunts and stuff because he, he figured that it it's equates to the way he works in the ring. Um, very th- – not the one that I expected for Darby, and then and, and Sting's featured in there, of course. And then we get Jungle Boys, uh, and Jungle Boys is, is showing the ring in the backyard, talking about when as a kid he started uh, training. And uh, I, 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 out of all of them, Jungle Boy came off the least uh, – shiniest if i could say um but nonetheless they, they they featured all of them jimmy these pre-tapes throughout the night uh, did you like them anything stand out uh, worth noting uh, as we are on our path to double or nothing
3: no i enjoyed them all i thought they were all well done and they told you know everybody got to tell a good story and helped get people a little bit more invested in this uh, this four-way match that's going to happen at double or nothing the only issue i had was you know you talk about who should have been first, who should have been last. MJF is the champion. Let the champion talk last. I get the jungle boy is hugely over and his was the last one, if I'm not mistaken of the four, but at the same time, MJF can talk a hell of a game and let him go off in the last video. That's the only thing other than that. I thought they were all well done.
2: Hey, so what'd you think of the profiles uh, of the four pillars tonight?
3: Um, I,
1: I will say that I thought this did more for them than them going live and doing promos in the ring. <laughs> I thought this was very much well done. Maybe they're better, you know, with the pre-tape and the story and the edits. they made them look very well. At my, more invested not necessarily but i did think they told a better story with them tonight than what they have been doing so so props to them i thought this was very well done i did not like the clash of njf's printed shirt against the burberry scarf i think he should be a little more fashionable than that justin lavar you're a big suit guy i think you know where i'm going with that it was too much of a clash of patterns there um so i i just had to add that
2: uh, very fair. Uh, I I did not write that down, but now that you're saying that, and I'm, I got and, I'm, you. and I'm thinking about it. Yeah, that's that's actually very fair.
1: Why do you think the three of us are here? We all bring something different, a different observation, right? That's why we're the trios champs.
2: Trios champs. Uh, <laughs> so we've talked about this. It's interesting. I and and uh, now I have actual betting numbers to to go along with this. So as we talked about, <laughs> and shoot, if if this was a shoot fight, and ma- and shoot fight mathematics. MJF would have the worst odds because he's offending the title against three people simultaneously. He could lose the title without even being in the damn ring. Mm. But of course, in pro wrestling booking uh, <laughs> prediction, uh, pro wrestling booking odds, he actually has insanely heavily favored odds. Uh, I bet online, uh, AG sends me emails every week. They give me the odds of what, you know, for both W to be an AEW. And so I shared the odds of right now where it's at for double <laughs> or nothing with MJF. And, and rather than because I don't have a graphic to show, and it'd be a lot easier to show numbers with the graphic, I'll just simplify it like this. MJF is so heavily favored that you would have to bet $5,000 on him. If, if you bet 5000 you would only get $100 back. That's how surefire <laughs> Vegas is that MJF is holding on to this title. Uh, the, the, the next best, so out of the three of them, who the, the one that they give the, Best fighting chance to it. it is barely is Darby. So uh, it's kind of funny. I I don't know what that says. I'll be really interested to see how the rest of this build this month goes, how the match goes and is executed because they are anchoring double or nothing around this. But Mm -hmm. as the three of us have talked about it in the past few weeks, as we thought this is where they were going to end up, there's just, it's really hard to even buy in that any of those three are going to be the ones to beat MJF.
1: Question. If you were Tony Khan and you were just crazy, Right, and you said I'm gonna have MJF drop the title, which one would you give it to? Um,
3: oh my goodness. That's a good yeah, question. Yeah, that's
1: to both of you. I would love yeah. to know who you got out of these three pillars.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I kind of agree that if you were gonna have your if you were gonna have heel MJF, if some reason if, if Tony got so whacked mm. wacky crazy that one day and was not gonna have heel MJF, I would go off the walls, baby face Darby.
1: Okay. Jimmy? Interesting.
3: Interesting. I was thinking that because he he seems to be so over. Maybe maybe there is an argument to be made for someone like Jungle Boy, because he is so far so over. But Darby yeah. Allen has a different story, and he's also right. got that association with Sting. Yeah. So, it, so is, is Sammy yeah,
1: last? Is Sammy last on these odds?
3: Yeah. Well, I would think so. Uh, right.
1: <laughs> you were still automatically a baby face, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's just say if, if the world was to go crazy and NJF is dropping, it's definitely going to a face.
3: Yeah. Now, the, why is it? Why is the conspiracy theorist in me thinking that maybe we will see something? Happen? Uh, <laughs> no. John, well, and the actual
2: to your odds question, Isa, and in the, in, in the odds I'll set uh, Jungle Boy's last.
1: Oh wow. oh wow okay so who's second darby and then sammy yeah yeah okay but
2: my thought is it to, to your question though if you weren't gonna have mjf why would you put it on another heel why would you go to Sammy? right so right. that's why that's why and i and junk and i disagree with jimmy jungle boy while he is over the crowd and and he has a story and of course he has a he has a he has a family name pedigree and, and Hollywood. Mm-hmm. i just i look at him i just don't i don't buy into him as champion I just, I don't. Sorry,
3: I don't know why. I, I, I'm not saying I do too either, but I just trying to think like they do over there. Saying, hey, he's getting the most crowd reaction, so why not? <laughs>
1: no, 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 Jimmy. Typically, when they get a crowd reaction, they, they try to kill the momentum. That's how they think over there.
3: Ah, okay. Yeah. So yeah. my my bad. My bad.
2: <laughs> so uh, so we'll see uh, the double or nothing in Vegas, and so you've got to bring up the Vegas odds. And uh, yeah. uh, if you want a really safe bet, go out and you'd have to bet a lot of money to. T- t- but go out and bet on MJF. Thank
3: goodness I'm a reformed gambler. Yes, 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 yes.
2: <laughs> Stay away from it. All right, FTR comes to the ring. Uh, they ask for Mark Briscoe to come out, but they don't get Mark Briscoe just yet. They get uh, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Sonia Dutt, Saddam Singh. Uh, FT, FT, and and, and then they're, they're trying to challenge FTR. And FTR says, we will accept your challenge if you admit that you've been using Mark Briscoe. Well, then Mark Briscoe comes out. Uh, he says uh, it's going to be FTR versus double J and J lethal. And Mark Briscoe is going to be the special guest referee. And he tries to kind of have a little piece, tries to have a little toast for everybody. Uh, Sonia Dutt's going to take a swig uh, of the liquor and spit it in FTR's eyes and then blinded by the alcohol. They accidentally hit Mark Briscoe. Uh, you uh, you're, you're I, I feel like things with Mark Briscoe. I, I just, I'm going to go to you first. Cause I know you're, you're such a fan of the Briscoes. Uh, what did you make of this segment? Do you like the, the, you know, the, the, the pull and tug angle. of I know he's my friend. no, you're using him. Okay, now he's special refs. So we're going to find out, you know, where's the allegiance lie.
1: I really enjoyed the segment that they did last week at, at Mark Briscoe's farm. Don't get me wrong. That was one of my favorite things they've done in a while. But literally nobody wants to see this match. They even made the mistake of asking the crowd, oh, you guys want to see? And the crowd said no. Like, nobody wants to see this match. And I do think the addition of Mark Briscoe is, is great. It's going to add um, to the match. But it's just not... No, no, it I don't it doesn't do anything for me. And the actual alcohol abuse that went on in this segment, drink the alcohol first and then go at it. Don't freaking waste it on nah. You don't do that. Okay. So but yeah, I'm sorry. This is not it's it's not a match that I will put on a pay-per-view. No.
2: Jimmy, um anything that involves Jeff Jarrett, I never put I never Jeff Jeff just has a way of surviving in this wrestling business. Mm-hmm. Could you see Jeff and Jay Lethal winning this match?
3: uh it's AEW, so I could see anything happening. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those deals where, uh, hey, it is Jeff Jarrett. Yes, he is uh, a, a veteran and so forth. But uh, uh, especially now that they've planted seeds of some potential dissension between Mark Briscoe and FTR. Yeah. Uh, and, and as far as Issa's uh, e, point about the segment, I wasn't really having a problem with it. The only thing I felt was it's... It it felt a little rushed. It felt like yeah. they, they could have taken their time a little bit with this segment and let it marinate, let it breathe and let the audience really get in, you know, wait for certain things before going into the next thing. It just, it just felt a little rushed to me, but other well, than that. Uh,
2: no, I agree uh, with you. I mean, all, all, all things considered, I know you, I know you're trying to get matches. I mean, it's, it's May 10th. I know you're trying to get matches made for double or nothing. This and that, but all things considered, I think they could have held this, this did not need to be on tonight it felt like when you look at things in totality for the night and kind of like going back to what you said maybe you see me or backstage maybe you have time to go to the break then and you can come back and do some of the pillars vignettes um or i'm sure there's other matches that we'll touch on that, that you know they could have given a few i don't know but yeah i, I agree i don't know if this had to be out there tonight because you're right it's out there but it felt like they were really 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 they were doing they were in like a light jog to get it get it going.
1: yeah and sad man should, should have came out in the overalls missed opportunity <laughs> I don't want to see him in anything else but the overalls now
2: Dylan Matthews says Mark Briscoe's turning heel i I don't know I don't know if you he's can, too likeable man yeah he's uh, too likable and I mean I hate to be this way but it's just it's a reality of people's natural reactions I, I think with the tragic loss of his brother still fr- I don't think people want to boo him you know no, um, yeah, I don't, no. so agreed all right, backstage, uh, Renee, back at it. She's talking to Chris Jericho, uh, about, and she asked him, how does he feel about Adam Cole getting the best of him last week? And Jericho does not like that question. Uh, he continues to call Adam Cole a coward. He said that he got a court order, and Adam Cole was not allowed in any building that he's in. Uh, then Roderick Strong, Adam's best friend, shows up and says that Adam Cole is not a coward, uh, and uh, and Roddy is not banned. So how about you and I go at it, Chris Jericho? And challenges them to next week a false kind of anywhere fight, and Jericho accepts but just kind of uh, alludes to the fact that JAS and the in the army he has behind him and uh, Roddy said he kind of uh, anticipated that so he did some of his legal his, he did some legal work himself and he hands some paperwork to Jericho and uh, he tells Jericho that JAS is banned from the building next week so it should be a honest one on one fight between Roderick Strong mm-hmm. yes said, and Chris Jericho uh, Jimmy fellow Canadian to Chris Jericho, uh, Chris Jericho versus Roderick Strong. Do you like court orders and stuff like that
3: coming in? Uh, at, you know, what do you think? Well, it, it, I, I I don't mind it at times, but it just, uh, in this case, I think it does work to a certain extent because it kind of fits with Jericho's kind of heel persona where he says, hey, look, I had to go to the court and get a court order to not allow those guys in the building, but uh, how did roddy anticipate that this was going to happen and you know what i mean that's that's the only thing if he if he'd have showed up next week before the match and said hey by the way guess what you, you're not the only one who can go to a lawyer i can too don't don't do it in the same night it doesn't have to happen all at once that's all
2: who does he who do they go to for this is this wrestler's court or do he actually go to
1: that guy that's a lawyer in the show, what's his name uh, Oh, uh, Mark
2: Sterling,
1: yeah, Mark Sterling, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, that's who they're going to because that's what I would expect right Jericho goes to him if I'm him and I want to make money I call I call Roger too and be like, "Hey, listen, this just happened. I don't know if you want to work a deal, but I can help you out too just saying.
2: that's actually good, yeah, you have a lawyer on the roster, and so that's uh. And that's who everybody goes to. Uh, let me get some Super Chats in here. Uh, some have been waiting patiently. Uh, we'll kind of go wherever the, wherever the crowd takes us here. Tommy O, $5. Tommy says, uh, how... Wasn't Issa not given one of the three belts at the press conference for bringing backlash to Puerto Rico? You were screwed. All hail the NYC Demon Diva. Uh,
1: I did have a really nice moment with Triple H where he looked at me and he says, see, I told you. And I was like, I know. (laughs) I wanted to cry. It was was awesome. So Triple H did acknowledge. Don't worry.
2: Cool. Um, What is this here? Uh, uh, Three deep after split. What happens? World title. Do we get another title or champion travel between brand? Love the podcast, Jimmy. Miss Pink Wednesday. I
1: didn't want to I say know. anything. I'm glad somebody else did.
3: Um,
2: well, it's dude. funny. Well, you know, earlier I didn't get to actually say this, but, I'm, but 3D, thank you for kind of bringing this up. I, I did wonder. So, if we are gonna get collision, like, I was wondering, like, okay, mirrors, like, is this the chance for like a, a Miro or somebody to be? Do they do another world title? Is I, it? Or do, do they say collision? This is where the TNT title, especially if collision's
3: all in TNT, is this where the TNT title lives? I would I would rather that than having another world champion because we've seen what it, uh, what it did in WWE. It's a little confusing. Uh, I like it better when there's one champion and inter- we see that the introduction of this World Heavyweight Championship over there. Not to talk about the other guys right now, but it's causing some dissension uh, with the with the fans as well. So I I don't think the introduction of another championship is good. You have a TNT champion. Why not feature him on the TNT show like you said? I'm gonna say it right now. If CM Punk wants to prove his worth to
2: come back, if he wants to prove that he can play, uh, you know, p- 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 play in everybody's sandbox, if he wants to give back to the business, have CM Punk return on the uh, for the first time back in the ring on the debut of Collision. Have him challenge for the TNT title and let Wardlow kick his ass. If you want to give back to the business? Prove yourself. There you go. Let Wardlow kick your ass,
3: and don't go. Cry about it in a, in a post-match press conference. That's my or, or, that's my or c- come out on stage and sit cross-legged and you know, drop a bomb.
1: Do you think they let him do any more press conferences?
3: <laughs> they should probably just stop doing press conferences they, uh, altogether. Uh, they, uh, wire him to something electronic, so every time it looks like he's going to go off the rails, just you know. <laughs> they'll
1: they'll let him do press conferences like the one mm-hmm. they did for backlash, where there's no actual questions asked and it's all produced. That's that's the only oh. conferences that you'll see him do. Okay. <laughs>
2: I like <laughs> Jimmy's idea. It's like you're training a dog with a with a yeah. bar collar. <laughs> yeah.
1: Every time he answers correctly, they give him a Mindy's cupcake.
3: Oh, you know, that I would answer 34. correctly all the time. then.
1: Yeah,
2: No, not, no, 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 not a cupcake. What was that thing that he was eating from a muffin he was, or something?
1: From, he, yeah. was, he, was,
2: he was praising the, the, he was giving the local business a shout out. <laughs> um, No, but seriously, though, I I hope, and I don't think AEW works. I think AEW, this is one of those things where they are. They do hear, the, they do. I think they would probably see that. Okay. We don't want two world champions, but they would hopefully would see, let this be a chance to, to elevate, um, Elevate the TNT. Elevate the TBS. Elevate, you know, get Jade on, on more. Uh, you know, I think. Um, yeah, let's hope that they don't do a second world title.
1: For the uh, record, LaVar, cupcakes and muffins are the same thing. Cupcakes are just more dressed up than a muffin. That's the difference. Okay. They the well, muffin. I'm I have a big, better outfit. I'm
2: also. not a big. I'm not a big sweets person. So I, I whatever. I, I'm not. Sorry, my, yeah. for my for my birthday <laughs> for my birthday I don't want cake or anything. I ask for a cheesecake. I just want like, a plain cheesecake.
1: Just, I ask for alcohol.
2: Well that too. I'm talking about the, the I'm talking about the thing that I can put a candles in and I can blow out. Wow.
3: Well, I am uh, lucky cuz uh, uh my my better half is uh, excellent when it comes to making sweets and delicious things. So uh yeah, I definitely you, I'll kick my coverage there.
1: Could you please ask her if she thinks that muffins and cupcakes are the same thing once you fast frosting mm-hmm. and the other one does
3: not I'll try I'll try and have the answer for you next week. Thank <laughs> if, you. Jim. Again, it's I'll you try best. to remember again, too many ref bumps, I might I
1: might have to I might have to DM. I might have to DM.
3: There you Clay,
2: Clay Forch says, "Cupcake vodka. Yeah, that tastes like uh, chocolate batter." Mm. Cupcake mm. vodka. Um, yeah, Jimmy. Not the sweet side, but yeah, I can't look at yours or your wife's uh, social media when I'm hungry because you guys just like are, are torture every mm-hmm.
1: single time.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I'm serious. Started,
1: you yeah, started following on Instagram. And I'm like Jimmy. What are you doing? Mm.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, we get the AEW International Title Match uh, Champion Orange Cassidy up against. Daniel Garcia. I got to say, Daniel Garcia got a lot of good heat. Mm-hmm. Actually, I guess good heat's kind of a contrary. a lot of quality heat <laughs> for a heel in this match for Daniel Garcia. Uh, the finish is a, is an interesting sequence. There is a real dramatic sequence of submissions that Garcia has got on orange Cassidy. Um, and finally orange Cassidy eventually actually counters and does transition it into like a roll up, uh, to get the win. So th- there's your roll up. Um, but, you know, so Orange way. And then, of course, there's a lot of the normal staples at one point. You know, he's mocked by Garcia, but Orange does have he's fighting back. He's getting his hand just obliterated. And then, of course, again, the submission uh, sequence that we mentioned here. Uh, Issa, uh, your thoughts? Uh, it, Orange Cassie still is over like Rover. I know we kind of bemoan a little bit him always in the opening and this and that. He's still over like Rover. I wonder. I mean, this is it might be you might be able to argue at this point, just but just on fan measurement, he might be having the best title reign of any of the champions in AEW right now.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, 1,000%. He's working himself into a nice little streak. Um, Typically, we have to see it at the opening of every show, so it was nice to not have to see him opening the show here. I I tell you guys this every week. Once he's in the ring, I'm a big fan. He puts on really, really good matches against whoever you put him in there with. I thought that Garcia looked great tonight. I thought he was a great, excellent <laughs> Sorry, I just read that. Yeah, you need to yeah. read that for the listeners. You need to read that for the audio yeah. labar. But yeah, I thought Daniel Garcia looked great tonight.
2: Dylan Matthews <laughs> threw in a chat and said, "Let Labar walk Wardlow out to watch Phil get the shit beat out of him."
3: <laughs> Tremendous. Thank you, Dylan, oh, for being such a Dylan. Uh, 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 such a follower. It's a it's you know, amazing. You know you, know, you know, you know, you're
2: doing. You know, you you know you've submitted a good comment when you can derail the podcast a little bit. Give me give me yeah. a what are we talking
3: about again oh yeah (laughs)
2: it's jano garcia and orange
3: no no i did it it, it was a good match i like see here's the thing too i like uh, orange cassidy does something that's very interesting he does his his routine with the hands in the pockets and all that kind of stuff but at the same time oh man he 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 sells when he needs to sell properly and you know and he overcomes adversity and in, in, in a good baby face way. And that's why people are behind him so much. The only thing is the dreaded roll up finish. Yeah. Yes, it was a nice sequence going into it. But at the same time, there was so much other stuff in that match that could have been a finish that, you know, here we go again. It, you know, you kick out of the most incredible things, but the roll up is the one that people seem to be flabbergasted by lately.
2: Yeah. Uh, Huffman only training says orange Cassidy is the worst Tony Khan project of all time. He is good athletically in the ring, but the character work gets annoying and distracting. Well, for, let me say this. I, I, I understand why they stick behind orange Cassidy. I mean, he is really over with the, with kids. And I mean, I mean, you, you go to you know, a lot of kids dress up like, and not even just kids, adults dress up like, I mean, he is memorable and there's kind of like this great debate of like, you can look at some of his things he does and say that's just so unrealistic. And why would he only lightly kick a guy's shin? Like, I, but then it's like, think about what we've seen in pro wrestling and what's gotten over other wild characters. And it's like, well, you know, where where's the line of absurdity? So I I, I don't know. I'm and I don't know if it's even. A, I don't even know if I call it a Tony Khan project. If, you, if I mean, unless you mean just because Tony Khan has let him hold this title for as long as you, I, don't, I don't know. But. Uh, Issa, I mean what where do you gauge? I mean if you're if if you're Tony Khan, if it's your money, if it's your promotion, your your booking, I mean, do you do you rely on Orange Cassidy as much as he does?
1: I rely on whoever uh, yeses me if I'm the owner of a company. So
3: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I told you guys I'm not a big fan of his character at all. I'm a fan of Orange Cassidy once the bell rings and I see him working the ring. But I, I understand what they're targeting with this character. Mm-hmm. And you said it yourself. I mean, every AEW show I've ever been to, I see plenty of kids dressed like Orange Cassidy. And I don't think that there's a lot of people in AEW going after that market. The kids, man, the kids get the parents to spend money. That's who you go after, you know? So, yeah. but I don't think that Orange Cassidy is for everyone. But the one thing that AEW does offer throughout their shows is literally something for everyone. So with, right. you might not like that segment with Orange Cassidy, but there is something in there that you're going to enjoy in these shows. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. and Jimmy the, Jimmy, the one thing I think about with Orange Cassidy is, and you have to wait towards <laughs> it's really the right time. You have to really feel like you've kind of tapped out all of your options. But is the day they t- they, they decide to let the character evolve and they do a heel
3: turn? oh
2: and break those yeah. little kids hearts
3: oh yeah see see usually what happens uh, the the best heels are the ones who are the most beloved especially with children and and you know it's going to be interesting to see when that happens when he goes to put his hands in his pockets and everybody's ready to go and he goes nah or something you know what i mean the, when he go when he goes to do this <clears throat> uh and then
2: just flicks them
3: off oh yeah or something anything yeah
2: All right, well, he's still your uh, international uh, champion, is Orange Cassidy, and we'll see a little bit more of him and his buddies here in a bit. Okay, now it's time for Tony Schiavone to interview Christian Cage. Uh, Big, big thing to note here, Wardlow and Arn Anderson are not there in Detroit. Christian Cage, uh, when asked, why do you just get to be the number one contender for the TNT title? He says it's because I'm Christian Cage. (laughs) It's because I am who I am, and I've done all that I've done. Uh he's trying to get out this promo and he's trying to like actually follow this theme. He's gonna talk about like dads and and and, and mentorship with Arn and, and and like the crowd is just so on him. He, he like I don't even know I don't even think they're actually hearing what he's saying. I mean, which is just a testament to the heat that he's able to get. Uh, but he's talking about what's with all the daddy issues here in AEW, he's talking about how Wardlow's father is deceased, which is true, and how Wardlow's father wasn't famous. He's not even gonna waste his time on that, and uh it's good that Wardlow found Arn Anderson and as like a father figure, and Arn was probably looking for a new son. Uh, notes how Arn's actual real son Brock Anderson, is in AEW, but nobody knows or cares who he is, and Arn probably wants to run and and uh, hitch his wagon to Wardlow. Better stock there, uh, and then he proceeds to start to mock Arn Anderson as a legend, saying, "I guess you're the other guy when you're in a tag team with Tully Blanchard, and you're just Ric Flair's uh, lackey. Uh, just how many world titles have you won, <laughs> Arn Anderson? Just." just verbally eviscerating Art Anderson. Um, And I want to note, this whole time, this whole thing, okay, Luchasaurus walks out and is with him and is in the ring the whole time. And then Christian finishes. And Christian leaves and is halfway up the ramp. Luchasaurus is still in the ring. So (laughs) the big guy is there, but Christian has took full command of this. I don't know if it's all by design, and that's going to – that's a little – subtle foreshadowing but Jimmy again uh f- fellow Canadian and friend of yours uh mm-hmm. the Christian cage promo uh heat of the night right
3: oh I would agree that was definitely heat of the night if there's one thing that Christian knows how to do both backstage and in the ring is get heat and <laughs> he's just he's just a natural at it you know what I mean it's a uh, it, you could tell at times back in the day when when him and, and edge were baby faces uh, you, you could tell he was like not that he minded being a baby face but at times you can say you know what i have more fun doing my heel stuff and he's just so good at it it's so natural and and i but that stuff you said where he he finished talking to tony Schiavone, he left he walked halfway off the ramp and left the big guy in the ring and almost you know lucha like where the hell is he going and all that stuff what about me i think that is a little bit by design because they planted seeds even last week when he said i'm you know it's not for him that the title shot it's for me you saw the kind of surprised look on Luchasaurus's face. So I think it's more seeds. The seeds were planted. Tonight they were watered.
2: Isa, do you want to see Christian Cage versus at double or nothing?
1: Yeah. I would. I, I love this promo. I love how Christian can still do the heat that he generates from a crowd. It's just a match. Um, I was a big fan of this. And yeah, I, I won't mind the match. I think it's a great twist. Um, I really was thinking that it was going to be Luchasaurus the whole time. So I, I like the swerve. And like you said, they're planting seeds for even a different story here in the future. So I'm, I'm here for all of this. And this was just, I just I just love some good, good old heel heat, you know? Almost as good as Dominic Mysterio. Oh.
2: Almost. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Dominic is I mean Dominic does get you know, there is no piped in sound with him. He's oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, there isn't. There isn't. He played to Puerto Rico to a T this last weekend too. Mm. It was great.
2: Wow. All right, we get the uh, a woman's no holds barred match between Julia Hart and Anna Jay. Julia Hart comes out in her uh House of Black kind of entrance and she's actually attacked from behind by Anna Jay. So not often you see a baby face do the run from behind attack in the middle of an entrance, but they're trying to sell it as this is the animosity and the hatred that the former friends now have with each other. And so uh, this match looked you know, they, they did, it was no holds barred. Um, uh, You know, we saw uh, a ton of chairs, kendo sticks. I mean, they, these, these ladies definitely uh, put their bodies out there and a pretty lengthy match. Uh, it did, it did have commercial in, in between it. Um, the finish was uh, after, after, <clears throat> excuse me, after suplex off the ropes into the polychairs, uh, Julia Hart then locks in uh, the heartless lock, which is kind of like a version of like a, a crossface, uh, right in the middle of the chairs, and that does get the victory for Julia Hart. Uh, Issa, uh, they were on slightly earlier in the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, what did you make of this hardcore uh, exhibit from uh, two of the l- lesser-known lesser women, relatively speaking, you know, when we have the outcast versus Britain, everybody, you know, that, that's kind of top of the line. And, of course, Jay Cargo somewhere up there. Uh, right. But Julia Hart and Anna Jay getting getting a live match on Dynamite, no holds barred.
1: Look, it is great to see different names being featured here, especially um, these women that are in factions that are heavily featured every week. But I wasn't a fan of this match. I couldn't understand why they were fighting you. Uh, Anna Jay is a heel as far as I know. She's part of JAS. They're heels. Uh, House of Black, I believe, are heels. So I, you, you really yeah, don't know right. who you're who, who are you supposed to root for here? And I don't understand. This is a storyline that was originated in, in, in Rampage. But guess what? Nobody has watched Rampage for weeks. So why are they fighting? Why are they getting this spot? Why, when we not seen them for three, four weeks in Dynamite, now they're getting a, a no holds bar match of all... Like, it just, it just felt like they just put it there to put a women's match there, and let's just put two new names just to do it. No story behind it. So I wasn't a big fan, but... I always have nothing but respect for anybody that that doesn't match to you know to that level of intensity. So I give them props. I just wish there was better storyline being told for the other women that are not the certain names that we hear about every week.
2: Hmm. Uh, you are right. I, I did misspeak. Anna J is a heel, but uh, but I, I just I see some in the chat like saying like like John saying House of Black are Faces. I, I don't think <clears> they're <throat> Faces. So this is actually a heel. Yeah, heel. Faces of yeah.
1: Darkness. They was you don't know who to, you you didn't know who to cheer <sighs> for here. You didn't.
2: Okay, so so I guess uh, uh, Jimmy, I guess Anna Jay's attack is not as weird, you know, because you're right, it is a heel. Um, yeah. But what do you think of this match overall? Uh, and the ladies getting alive, uh, you know, uh, hardcore. Uh, we'll call it a light hardcore match, right. especially considering what's going to end the show tonight.
3: No, I get it, and that's the thing too. Um, I give the ladies full credit for the match that they had because they did work really hard to make this thing. Uh, this hardcore match, or it wasn't even technically a hardcore match. It was a no holds barred no, hard, match, but, yeah, yeah. but yeah. they, they used a lot of uh, weapons, especially a lot of chairs and stuff like that and battled outside a lot and did, they worked really hard and it looks like they put a lot into it. Uh, but I do agree with these that there's, there's really no story going into it other than the fact that they used to be friends and now they're not. And that's it. But uh, again, la- the credit to the ladies for putting on the performance that they did under these circumstances that was, I invested only to see, you know, how it turned out. That's all.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I always watch Julia Hart. And actually, just as I'm saying this uh, chat here, Uh, Julia Hart. uh, Yeah. From uh, a Minnesota uh, uh, girl, I believe she trained with one of my favorites, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Ken Kennedy uh, Anderson. Uh, And she's super young. I think she's like 21. I mean, she's really young. Uh, or if not 21, then not much beyond it. She's you know relatively young. Um, to be getting this kind of reps and experience, uh, if she sticks with it and st- continues to improve and, and obviously stay healthy, that's the biggest thing. Um, could have a long career ahead of her. I'm okay, to be in the position she is at the age she is. So I always kind of watch her with a little bit of a special, uh, special attention, but yeah, they both worked their ass off. But yeah, actually, now that you know, really as a as a as, a, as I was corrected, yeah, heel versus heel, it is an interesting scenario that they they put out there and again asking the ladies to go out there and do a no holds bar hardcore match and then again what they're going to have to follow them uh about 20 minutes later which we'll get to is pretty insane all right uh we get the best friends uh of chuck and trent and bandito going up against the house of black up against malachi buddy and brody it's open house uh house rules so 20 count out no dq best friends say no witchy women are going to be able to be out there uh, they give a different visual.
1: DQ is enforced. It is not not DQ. DQ is enforced. Read it. I could
2: have, sw- have swore they said no, no DQ.
1: No, read, read what Buddy Matthews tweeted. He tweeted out the rules. He, and the rule number three is DQ is enforced. If you can't fight by the rules, you need to live with the embarrassment. I read the whole thing. I'm not,
2: I'm not, I'm not question, I, I could have swore commentary though tonight said no DQ. Right.
1: They didn't read the tweet then.
2: All right. Well, then. Oh, <laughs> Just goes to show, not everybody. We're not all on the same page, of what the hell the the house rules are. The, the house rules
1: are, yeah, nobody. knows.
2: Yeah. Well, the house was uh, pr- uh pretty dark. Uh, they just had a spotlight on the ring. Everything else is 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 pitch black. Issa, what did you think of this first open house match? The the visual of it, trying to give it its own little kind of you know gimmick and identity. Did, did 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 it do anything for you?
1: Yes, I loved it um i i know a lot of people don't like the lights out uh atmosphere but for the house of black it makes sense it goes with the entrance it goes with the aesthetics that they're putting out i love them making their own rules and if you really go i i don't know if the rest of the group tweeted it i read it from buddy matthews he tweeted out the rules and the explanation behind them and i thought it made sense i was like maybe are they the biggest baby faces on aw right now because these rules make sense and the way that he broke them down so, um, I love the idea of House of Black. They have their own identity. So, why not have their matches have their own stipulation and their own vibe and feel to them? Big fan of it. Almost forgot they were the Trio Shams. So, I love seeing them being featured here. Mm. More of this. Big fan. Great match. Brody Lee is a beast. Oh, House of Black is just it. They're it. Brody King. Brody King. Yes. Sorry. Brody King. You
2: know. If I didn't correct it, you'd get hammered at that one. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Jimmy, uh, in in pro wrestling history, sometimes this is a big risk to take with fans. We've seen, you know, WWE try to do things like this with Bray, with having different uh, visuals in the in the arena and lighting. Yeah. We've seen Kane um you know, we, we've even seen we have seen it before. Uh how did it come off to you tonight with uh, House of Black?
3: Well, it ended up being uh done well because when they first did it, when the match first started, it was just the ring lit up and you couldn't see the audience at all. And then they kind of adjusted the lighting just a little bit where you can see them, not like, like, like full lighting, but you can see a little bit of the audience out there because you want to see some reaction because that helps tell the story because if you see the audience reacting, sometimes it helps you feel better about reacting as well. But uh, I enjoyed it. I liked the idea of having their own rules attached to it. The one thing that confused me though, was they said there's a 20 count outside the ring. And, and I thought for a while there, um, and my good brother in stripes, Brian Hebner, mentioned this on, on our podcast one day that when he went to AEW to referee, the referees there told him, remember, Brian, here, there's a 20 count outside the ring. So I thought it, they implemented that there. Now, whether they retracted that, I don't know. I don't recall. But, I, you know, I remember them mentioning that the rules here, you know, 20 count on the outside, uh, 10 count after a tag.
2: Forget CM Punk. That needs to be the next point of order for a press conference. Tony has to tell us the damn rules and understand right. so we can all be on the same page. There you go. Uh cuz I think it's again it's one of those things where it's just not if but, if 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 a guy like Brian who was there to work and be a referee if he is hearing different information if, if not then it's it's clearly it's it's not everybody's on the same page of what
3: they're, they're doing. But out, but outside of that, I did enjoy the match. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I did. I thought it was uh, you know, nicely presented. Let's put it. That way. Yeah,
2: and then the, and the finish was uh, Brody. Uh, Brody King hits Chuck with the uh, Dante's Inferno. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I think. I mean, I think the. I agree. <clears throat> I think House of Black is a hit. Uh, I think Malachi is a huge star. Kind of, you know, he's been on TV. He's not been disappeared like Miro, but it's kind of the same thing. It's like you got somebody really, really unique and special here, and unique look passes my airport test. You know, I just. So, yeah, I, I hope that they, I hope this starts momentum. And I hope with adding another show in collision, if it truly is going to be not a rampage throwaway, if it's truly going to be uh, a Raw SmackDown kind of deal where both shows are of equal footing, I hope that means that more regular TV time for the House of Black, be, uh, you know, not, uh, yeah, they're, your trio's champ, but also just because they are an intriguing, visually uh, compelling group. So we'll see we'll see if they stick with it uh one thing to note too Orange Cassidy keeps being showed backstage he's watching Best Friends and Bandito he's watching 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 and then he gets laid out and we see him on the ground camera pans up it's kind of anticlimactic if you don't if you're not a New Japan uh fan but it's it's Kyle Fletcher who's part of the Aussie Open uh group so likely this is starting to plant the seeds for Forbidden Door which is coming up in June so just a little note there. I don't really know if there's much much to give of reaction here but right. um Seems to be what they're aiming there. All right. Main event time Steel Cage match. John Moxley, Kenny Omega. Moxley's out first. We take a commercial break, come back. Omega comes out with Don Callis at a side. Don Callis is going to be at ringside, not on commentary. Important to remember Brian Danielson, then said, is going to do some guest commentary. As Moxley is, uh, uh, excuse me, as, as Omega is coming out in his entrance, Moxley. Charges the ramp and attacks them So we got a brawl before the match is even started. That brings out Claudio and Yuda. That brings out the Bucks. So we have all hell breaking loose all around the ramp and stage. Uh, all of this before the match has even started. Eventually, Wheeler, uh, Claudio, the Bucks, they all cancel each other out and are out of the picture. So kind of nice. It's almost like, well, we're just kind of telling you right now, these guys are brawling each other, they're brawling all the way to the back, so they're kind of out of the picture at this point. It's kind of sets up like okay, we are Trent and Brian's own commentary he doesn't even get involved in the brawl, so it kind of gives you that belief that okay, we are now down truly to just Kenny and John, which is important uh match starts,
1: but isn't that the whole point of the steel cage? I mean, I get it. you have to yeah. set up the story for what Don Carlos did later, but yeah but't yeah, yeah.
2: but yeah, but I don't mind it because it's again yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's kind of like you know we've seen obviously people get inside of cages or whatever, so I kind of yeah. like the effort of. Trying to make you truly believe we are going to finally get true one-on-one uh, comeuppance here. Right.
1: I never Match... believe having AEW.
2: Well, you're 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 a New Yorker Puerto Rican girl. You you always have you're always looking over your shoulder. You're that's that's the street smart you have. <laughs> you're you're never trusting there. Um, you're, you're, you're throwing flip flops at people. Uh, there you go. As, as...
1: yeah, but mine has high heels, but I'm still throwing them. Yes. <laughs>
2: All right, so match finally starts. Quickly, a barbed wire wrapped steel chair is introduced, and the blood just starts a-coming. Um, it, two minutes it's,
1: and two seconds in. I type it.
2: It, it, it is it backs and faces and suplexes on it. Moxley's removing the top rope while they're in commercial. Broken glass, uh, which has history. Everywhere. Broken glass everywhere. I loved it so much. Uh, Kenny hits the V-trigger, and that breaks a side of the cage. Which is important because now the cage is exposed to get in easily. And uh, Moxley grabs a screwdriver. Looks like he's going to use it. That obviously has history in the story. Don Callis takes it away from him. Looks like he's saving Kenny. Uh, Kenny's going to hit the one winged angel. Looks like he has business all wrapped up. And Don Callis takes, uh, Don Callis interrupts, stops the pinfall, attacks Kenny at the two count. And then attacks him with the screwdriver and john moxley gets the win so moxley wins don Callis, not a total surprise we've been speculating with this happened don Callis turns on kenny omega somebody who's you know, his commentary was equating almost like a son to him mm-hmm. has known kenny since he was a kid uh brian dennison selling on commentary he had no idea this was coming we saw no embrace of Callis and moxley no grandmaster plan moxley just kind of rolled off into the darkness or, you know, on his own, Uh, and Don Callis uh, did what he did. Jimmy, thoughts on the match, thoughts on the execution, thoughts on the uh, logic behind it. Obviously, Blackpool Comic Club does not have William Regal anymore, right? so this is kind of in a way maybe a replacement if, in fact, he's going to align himself with the BCC.
3: Like you said, if he is, and, and and if he is, this was a great way to do it. And uh, I, I, the match, the cage match, I did enjoy it to a certain extent, but it, it, there were certain things in it where they brought in all these weapons and tools, it, and we just had a hardcore match. Not too long before that, it, it felt like you know the cage match uh, is there. You can use the cage in violent in a violent manner as well, and I like the idea of of uh, Moxley undoing the top you know turnbuckle in the corner and unhooking the rope and using that and hooking it into his mouth and doing it. see that's different and that's violent and it's like but i think they tried to take the violent level up to 14 you know what i mean not 10 14 and and it uh, it it wasn't it wasn't needed that much but uh hey uh, other than that people were into it they liked it 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 told a, a heck of a story Especially at the end there when Don Cal is coming in and Don Cal is so much better as a heel. Let's put it that way. And they could even play it off like they didn't know it was coming. And Don could just say, hey, look, I know Kenny very well. And at the end of the day, I align myself with winners. And I see the Blackpool Combat Club as winners or something like that. Issa, said you like the turn?
1: I did like the turn. And um just for one second, I don't want to disagree with Jimmy, but if you look at the history oh. that John Moxley and Kenny Omega have had, like I I think the only time Moxley has beat him, I was told earlier, was that on sanction match that they had back in 2019. They also had that exploding barbed wire match. Like there is no way that I want to see Kenny Omega and Mox just have like a I like a five version of a hardcore match after the thing that I seen them put each other through so I personally expected that level of violence I didn't need a women's non-story hardcore match to go on before this I didn't I wanted to see all of the violence from this particular match so I could have done without that match tonight go ahead
3: no no sorry Is That not, not to interrupt you that stuff that we saw in the cage match would have meant so much more correct if we didn't see that earlier. That's all I I agree with you completely.
1: Yeah, correct. But I do, just based on their history, I did expect this to go like insanely crazy when I saw the time that they were giving it. I was also like, oh man, we're in for a treat. So I, I love the match. I love the violence in the match. I mean, you don't see Kenny Omega lose Um, so, so the fact that they did do the turn to kind of like protect the loss a little bit, it worked and they didn't really tell you is Don Cal is now BCC or is he just turning on Kenny? They're still unanswered questions. And honestly, I can't remember the last time that they went off the air this hot. I, I think it's been a while. So I'm super excited that they did it. And it went off the air, no overplaying, no nothing. I mean, I felt there was a little bit of a tease that Brian might have known about this. just or, or he just like, he plays this heel character so well. He enjoyed the crap out of this turn. And I just love his facials as they were showing him. But super excited. I think it's a really fun way of AW to go off the air and get me to say, hey, I can't wait to watch next week. Just please, just 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 play it out next week. Don't, don't act like it didn't happen. That's all I'm begging for
3: Right.
4: Well,
2: I think it's a great point, Issa, on the way they ended. You're right. We have critiqued them, and and Jimmy has not even said 20 and 10 yet tonight. Mm-hmm. It, it, we in other time, in other episodes, they would have had Don do the turn, and when Don did the turn and the match was over, I looked at the clock. I think it was 9:57 Eastern time. Yeah. So they started three whole mm-hmm. minutes, which three whole minutes is an eternity. AEW, um, yeah,
1: the whole locker could come out. <laughs>
2: and, and yeah, and live TV and AEW, three whole minutes is, is an eternity. So I true, I thought, i like, oh my god, Don just turned on him. Mm-hmm. Somebody else is gonna come out and, and like we're gonna, to- right. but no, they they just let the heel heat, just kind of. They just, just let-, let them
1: kiss, literally. Yeah, you it's know, not-
2: and, and so I thought that was a good touch. Uh, shout out on some chats here. I always love uh, 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 inside jokes or, 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 or pools. Once a jackal, always a jackal. If you watched WWF yeah. in the '90s, you get that mm-hmm. one. And if you watched uh, a little ECW, you get this one. Callus is a virus. Uh, and A-W, uh, Cyrus
3: the virus. So who? Oh, I was just going to say, who 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 sent that? Cyrus? Cyrus the Virus.
2: Um, yeah, so very interesting ending tonight to what was a stacked uh, show on paper mm-hmm. uh, and uh, pres- seeming to be the last dynamite before we are going to get the AW universe uh, turned upside down as they are probably going to be, this time next week we are probably going to be talking about a whole lot of official information being confirmed mm-hmm. as regards to their programming, so Jimmy, uh, overall thoughts tonight on the show as they are still. I think what we got, I think two more dynamites before double or nothing. I believe.
3: No, I thought I thought it was a good show. I enjoyed the show; it was entertaining. But it, again, it's for me, it's those little things that they keep doing every week that kind of make me go, "Come on, guys, how do you not see this?" You know, especially like you talk about. I didn't say the uh, the twenty and ten. Uh, line this week but at the same time there were moments where it felt like things were rushing they were trying to get too much in and let things like you talked about the ending tonight they let it breathe they let it marinate they let the audience take it in and absorb everything sometimes you just got to do that and unfortunately other things will get left out
2: i'll be uh isa i'll be very interested to see if once the new show is announced and once it comes into place mid-june is we're led to believe will we start to notice a difference where they are letting some things breathe because they don't feel as rushed because they have more television real estate to get the bigger names out there they don't feel like they, oh we got to get this person out there. i'll be really curious to know like in 3 like by the end of the summer if the three of us are still all together here on Wednesday nights if like if we're noticing a difference of like oh you know we're not critiquing that part as much anymore
1: right right me too i think you have a valid point and me too i think they're going to have better time and better better momentum to like tell the stories you know and more time for some people to show up on tv but as far as tonight goes i thought tonight was a great show i mean you had a fun opener you had a hot ending they always think about that how you start how you end Mm -hmm. we saw the return of some people with without giving away what they're doing here we may still want to tune in for next week was the show perfect no no show is perfect no show is perfect so but what they gave us tonight, I got—I gotta tell you, I enjoyed. I enjoyed tonight's a lot. I'm happy to see Miro back. Curious to see where we're going with this. Everything, everything about tonight was well executed, except for the women. But you know what? That's that's normal around here.
3: So.
2: Yeah, I'll be, I'll be intrigued to see the uh, segment by seg- the segment by segment numbers. I always am to see yeah. what's what, what where the crowd fluctuates at. Um, all right. That is AEW Dynamite's uh, podcast here tonight on Wrestling Inc. Again, big thanks to all of you who are watching live with us across the platforms YouTube, Twitch, Facebook. Uh, those of you that are watching the video on the archive, because you want to see Issa and, and see all, and, and, and Jimmy and I are here too. We appreciate you watching that. <laughs> those of you that are checking out the audio only, we appreciate you. Again, whatever channel you're on, whatever platform you're on. Uh, follow, like, subscribe, whatever it asks you to do. Make sure you get the alerts and notifications every time there's a new podcast coming from Inc. And of course, leave a comment, greatly appreciated. Uh, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Uh, hit any of us up on social media. Tell us where in the world you are when you're checking out this podcast. What is it doing for you? Uh, I'm looking right here at L. Tabor 22 on Twitter. He says, my first podcast when I get to work. Big smiley face. So hopefully we get your Thursday morning started off right uh isa give the final plugs
1: uh yeah you guys can find me at nyc demon diva on throughout all the socials we just hit 20k on youtube thank you so much and you guys can find me here on tuesday wednesdays and fridays i'm also on lucha libre online i received so much love this weekend a lot of it was from wrestling inc viewers and listeners so i just want to say thank you to everybody puerto rico was awesome best wrestling crowd there is i'm dying on that hill
2: awesome uh, well, that's a that's strong hill to die on right now. After the uh, the, the the audience performance this past Saturday, certainly something I saw noted across social media. Jimmy, uh, give people the plugs of how they can find you and interact with you.
3: No, uh, of course you can find find me here on Wednesday nights with uh, uh, with you two, and also on on. on uh, no, I said, did I say Wednesday nights? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. just making sure I got the nights right because on Monday nights, you know, it's usually Triple J and you can oh yeah i know that doesn't thrill isa as much but hey you can catch us here and uh, also you can catch me on wednesdays uh, it drops uh, the roughing it up podcast with my good brother in stripes uh brian hepner and i and uh, rj our host who uh this week we talked to kenny casanova who you know helped write a lot of wrestling books and has a storied wrestling career a very interesting conversation we had with him real good dude and uh of course, my and rants on all my social media platforms from Monday to Friday, having fun, making little critiques, but not trying to tear down, trying to help elevate.
2: Very good. Uh, I'm at Justin LaBar across Twitter and Instagram uh, here every Monday night, every Wednesday night, Friday morning, Spar with LaBar, with Dave LaGreca, Thunder Rosa, uh, sometimes Tommy Dreamer or something. Yeah, who knows? That's the entire <laughs> busted open cast I'm always ready to throw it down with. Uh Follow me on Twitter and, and Instagram, as I said. Um, it, look, again, please subscribe to the podcast. Got a lot of, I mean, we have a hell of a summer coming up. Obviously, Double or Nothing coming up. Um, Forbidden Door, Money in the Bank. Hell of a May coming up. We have
1: Battleground, Double or Nothing, Night of Champions all in two Night
2: nights. Cham- like, yes. it's going to be insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I left it on Night of Champions. Uh, Night of Champions, you know, yeah. We, so much going on mm-hmm. this summer. So make sure you are subscribed to Wrestling Inc. Uh, for all of your podcasts uh buffoonery and banter it's all good here it's all loud all right that's gonna do it have a good night like i said tell a friend share the podcast you tell one friend they tell two friends so on so on and so on it's a slight wayne's world reference you get it if you get it uh we'll see y'all next week be good